to her today. That's a big honor. And then Dawn and Kyle's uh, daughter passed her nursing exam, so she's a nurse as well. So we praise God for that. Can everyone stand, please? Everyone that can stand, would you stand this morning, please? The balcony and, and, and on the main level in the North Sanctuary, would you stand as we honor God, as we prepare ourselves to hear his word and what an honor it is to hear his word. Father, I thank you that you prepare us to enter into a new land a new dominion, a new series, God, entitled Exercising Authority. I thank you for the revelation of this word, the empowerment of this word, the strategy of this word, and the triumph of this word. I thank you that you are calling us to walk in new life, in love, in identity, in faith, and eternal purpose, God. I thank you that you're taking us somewhere that we ought to be already, God, but you open up the door of our understanding so that we might be able to tread upon the heads of scorpions and snakes and nothing by any means shall hurt us. God, we know that the enemy is loose in this world and he is angry because his time is short, but we declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. We thank you, Father God, that you have given us the victory through your son, Jesus Christ. The first Adam was given dominion, but he fell, and that dominion was given over to the little G God of this world named Satan. But then you came as a king, God. You laid aside your divinity for a moment, Father God, and says, you know what? I'm, I'm laying aside the throne. I'm coming as, uh, uh, as God in the flesh, rather, and I'm going to lay down my life. And I'm going to win the victory and dominion back for my people. And that's exactly what you did. So we make a declaration today that says this. Everywhere the enemy has been trespassing in our life, everywhere that we have been weak, everywhere that we have been defeated, everywhere that we have not been ruling with the authority that God has given us, we declare now that all authority under heaven and earth belong to God, our Lord Jehovah, Yahweh. And we are his sons and daughters, and he is called us to be kings and priests in this earth. He has given us dominion and power and authority. And from this day forward, we will receive a revelation of how we are to respond, how we are to respond to the enemy, how we are to respond to our opposition, how we are to respond to ourselves, and more importantly on today, how we are respond to God, our Lord, who is ruler of all. Father, we put you back in the right place. The president is not the ruler. We are not the ruler. The governor is not the ruler. Money is not the ruler. Satan is not the ruler. Nothing that we can see rules us, God. All of heaven belongs to you. All of earth belongs to you. All power, all might, all authority, all wisdom, it all belongs to you. You alone hold life and death in your hands. God, Authority belongs to you. Church, can you say this with me? Father, Father the, authority the authority belongs, belongs to, you. to you. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. Amen. amen. You may be seated. 
Father, I thank you for the anointing that will be upon your servants today. Me, as one who will speak what you have given and also hear and listen and obey, and to those that are here assembled that will listen, Father, as well, and gain new understanding. I declare that this message will call us to live and not die. I declare that this message will call us to be named in the end as the blessed and not the cursed, the above and not the beneath, the lender and not the borrower. Open up our understanding. Satan, we take authority over you right now in Jesus' name. You cannot steal one word from this message, not one seed that's about to be planted into the people of God. Father, I love you, so I feed your sheep, and may they eat every morsel, and may everything they hear allow their faith to come. And we just declare this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's praise the Lord one more time, please. He deserves all the glory and all the power. We're going into a new series, and I felt that the word dominion or the words dominion and authority were the words of the year this year for this ministry and for God's people. Because too long we've been held down by powers that should not be in control over our lives. We've been struggling with fear and with lust and temptation and lack and sickness. And all these things belong under our feet. They don't need, they don't need to belong, they don't belong beside us or with us to lead us or to constrict us in any way. It belongs under our feet. All the power of the enemy belongs under our feet. But first we must establish who the Lord of all is. And it is our God, Jehovah. So today's message is entitled, or the series is entitled, Exercising Authority. And the title of today's message is Lord of All. Can you say that with me? Lord of All. So we need to reestablish that he is Lord of All. Sometimes our finances are messed up because he's not Lord of our finances. Sometimes our body and our health is messed up because he's not Lord of our health. Sometimes our marriages are messed up because he's not Lord of the marriage. So whatever he's Lord of, whatever you make him Lord of, he begins to reign in that area. Let's begin to look at our lives and say, well, this is a little off and this is a little off. Who's in control of it? Probably us. When he becomes Lord over everything, then his, his power flows, his power plows too, but his power flows through that thing because we have determined that he is Lord of all. So, as we recognize the supreme authority of God, we're better equipped to manage the authority that he has given us. I want you to hear that again because this is where we're going. This is where the series will take us. We understand that God is Lord of all and he has all power and authority. But we have to remember that when Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, he told his disciples, I have all power and authority, but I'm giving it to you. So we have to learn how to rule in this uh this realm, we have to learn how to responsibly delegate and, 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 and uh, administrate the power that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. But in order to get to that point, we got to put God right back where he belongs. Because we live in a nation that's been trying to tear God down for a long time. 
trying to move his commandments from courthouses, take prayer out of school. And you see, when you move God out of the way, when you refuse to make God Lord of the schools, then you push out his protection. You push out his covering. And we see that school shootings and all kinds of madness have begun happening in our schools. They're trying to teach little children about getting their uh, gender changed and all this mess that would have never been there if God was still Lord of the schools, amen? And we also need to make sure that he stays Lord of the government as well because he says that the government shall be upon his shoulders, right? So, uh, yes, we, we love this country, but we love God more. And if this country goes that way and God is going this way, we're going that way, right? It's because we're going to follow the Lord of all, amen? Amen. I must be excited. Am I yelling at you? If this is your first time here, I'm not really a mean guy. I just get excited and passionate about the word of God, and uh, he means business, and he wants us to come up to where he desires us to be. So the first thing I have to give you is the life and the rest of this series. You'll see eight words behind me. These are the foundational principles in which we teach here at New Life Christian Ministries. When Jesus died and gave us new life, within that life we have received love, We've received a new identity, we've received faith, and we've received an eternal purpose. And now the way that we live our lives, now that we are followers and new creations in Christ, we live through rest. You see, work was the curse. I got to work this and do this. It's all on me, not God's people. He says, I have made a way so that you can just enter into my rest. Well, how do I receive from you, God? We receive the R, and rest is for revelation. That's when God speaks and reveals truth to us. And packed inside of that truth is power. Because when God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. So through revelation, power is released. So when God speaks to us and lets us enter into his rest, what he has done, we have power. And then God will reveal to us a strategy, how to do things. See, the Bible is chock full of information, so forget about chat GPT and forget about Google. The Bible has information in which we can live and, and trust God, and he gives us divine strategies and principles to obtain the last letter in triumph. I'm sorry, rest, the T for triumph. So, R, revelation, all the way to T, triumph. What does this mean? When God speaks, it never returns to him void. His word always results in victory. So just learn how to do things God's way. Amen? So let's establish now then, what does this series mean, exercising authority? I'm going to take you briefly through the love, and the love rather, of this message. So just listen for a moment. Here is the love of God as it relates to exercising authority. The Lord our God is the ruler of heavens and the earth, and he is love. Who is he? Love. When men sinned and he commanded that they would die, his, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, who was also God, the king of kings. The king humbled himself, although he was in authority, he humbled himself in obedience to his father and died a sinner's death on the cross to purchase the lives of men. 
To exchange their deaths for his life, men would have to submit to his rulership and confess and, and acknowledge him as Lord for the forgiveness of their sins. So you, do you see the authority of God? And he's saying this, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to allow him to die for you. But in order to receive him, you've got to reject your own authority. You've got to be able to go down to a knee and say, Jesus, not only do I receive you as Savior, but I call you Lord. You are the Lord of my life. I, I follow you. I no longer follow sin. I no longer follow self. Jesus told men if they loved him, then they must also obey him and become his servants called disciples. What are servants of Jesus called? Disciples. Okay. These disciples would lose rulership and ownership over their lives in order to become his. You see what a disciple does? They lose ownership and rulership over their own lives so that they might become his. Let's keep going. Under his command, they were told to be the salt and light of the world and take the good news to the whole world. That Jesus forgives sins and he was crucified and raised from the dead and given all power and authority over Satan. All power on the earth, beneath the earth, and in the heavens. So what does this series have to do with identity? Because of his love for us, he has identified those he leads by the spirit as spiritual children. Do you hear that? This is how you know that you're a son or daughter of the Most High God. It's because you are led by his spirit. You no longer do the things that you want to do, the things that you desire to do, the temptations and the lusts that you have. Those are dead now because you now identify. Everybody's trying to identify as something. Here's what we identify as. We identify as children of God. He has saved us and he has made us his own and in his image. So... That being said, he has now transferred dominion of the earth back to his people, a new creation because of their faith in Christ. What does faith have to do with this new series? It is by faith that the children of God co-labor with him and have been delegated authority over all things seen and unseen. Principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And we rule by faith. Church, can you say faith? faith. You got to stay awake today. Because God would not have me giving you this series if we weren't, if the enemy wasn't going to try to flex on us real soon. The enemy is working behind the scenes, even through government, to, to, to try to flex on God's people. So we have to know that the, oh my goodness, I'm getting excited. We have to know the dominion and authority and power that we walk in as sons and daughters of the Most High God so we don't bow down and, and, and receive the mark of the beast. So we don't bow down and allow fear to be our ruler and be ruled by fear. For he has said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we're going to put God in his proper place again and make him the authority figure. If you think the government is the authority figure over your life, now the Bible, the, the word of God tells us to honor them and to respect them. But overall, when the government is going against God, we've got permission to not do what they say. Hallelujah. Pastor, can you give me Bible for that? Here we go. A decree during Daniel's day. 
Nobody is to pray anymore. And if you're caught praying, you're going in the lion's den. Daniel had, hmm, okay, let's see. The government says, I can't pray anymore. But God says, men ought, men ought to always pray, right? I know that's New Testament, but still the, it, it remains that we have to pray to our God. So Daniel didn't board up his windows. Daniel didn't crawl under the bed. Daniel prayed aloud. How else would they know he was praying? He prayed aloud and openly. And the king's men heard, say, hey, Daniel's praying. Man, it broke the king's heart to have to do this, but they threw him in the lion's den, right? The government had to do what the government said they were going to do. So they threw Daniel into the lion's den. And the next morning, the king came out looking for Daniel, hoping that he served the true and the living God. And we know for a fact that the lion's mouths were shut, right? The government was trying to use the, man, the government was trying to use the power of something that God created to destroy someone that was serving him. And he shut the, the mouths of the lion and Daniel used them as, uh, I don't know why they, they, they coined this phrase or stole this trademark, but the, the first my pillow was a lion. Lion, he fell asleep on the lion's I'll email you the jokes later. Let's keep going. So then, what is our eternal purpose as it relates to this new series? It's this. God's eternal purpose was to make the followers of Jesus Christ to become his bride. Listen to this. Man, this, this should lift you. To make them a nation of kings and priests. Say this with me. The Lord, the Lord. has made me. To be a nation of kings and priests. Praise God. All right. So over the earth so that they may occupy until his return. Man, if you don't read your Bible, you just get, you just get lost in the mix of what everybody else is doing. If you don't read your Bible, you become conformed to the image and patterns of this world instead of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do because this church is about to grow because God is going to call us to be those that rule and dominate the enemy in this area. And we're going to, we're going to push through the power of God. He's going to enable us to push out drugs and prostitution and all these things. Why? Because it's not just this church. We're not his only people. And as soon as the rest of us catch on about the power and authority that he's given the church, we'll stop just having little cute meetings and then going home and then coming back a week later. Do you know that you're supposed to be ruling all week long? That everywhere you see the enemy's head rising up, you're supposed to be stomping it down, especially in your homes, especially in your homes. Saying, nope, nope, you've got no authority over my children. You've got no authority over my health, over my body. And so we need to learn, as we will today, that God is Lord of all, and, and he has delegated to us power and authority. But that's messages down the line. But let's start with Jesus Christ, the Father, being Lord of all. So we establish him as the author of all authority. Proverbs 9 and 10 says this, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. 
Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. When we're not walking in good judgment, when we're not living in within good reason, when we are uh, walking in ignorance, walking in sin, it, there's one thing that we can say, this must be failing. My fear of the Lord must be failing. My knowledge of the Holy One is not resulting in good judgment. By a show of hands, how many remember the televangelist Jim Baker? Raise your hand if you remember Jim Baker. Okay, so I just saw a testimony the other day where uh, a, a pastor authored a book and uh, the book so grabbed a hold of uh, Jim Baker while he was in prison that he asked the pastor, hey, would you come visit me in prison? And so the pastor agreed to visit Jim Baker while he was in prison. And uh, they, they began to talk. He said, uh, did you write this book? And, and the, the, the pastor said, yes, I wrote the book. And they sat down and they began to talk. And the man boldly asked Jim Baker a question. He said, Jim, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And Jim said this. He said, I never did. He's like, what do you mean you never fell out of love with Jesus? You were, you were, you committed all kinds of adultery. You embezzled money. You're in prison for all these things. How in the world can you say that you did not fall out of love with Jesus? He says, I am telling you, I never fell out of love with Jesus. He said, but I did stop fearing God. That thing hit me so hard. And Jim Baker said this. He said, there's millions of Christians out there just like me. They love Jesus, but they don't fear God. And that thing really shook me to my core. Like, Lord, I love you for many reasons, but I want to make sure that I still keep a holy reverence and fear for you. I want to make sure that you are the, I remember that you're the author of my life and that any moment you can take this life from me and, and after death there is the judgment. When we fear God, we have true wisdom. We know who he is and what, here's the thing. When you fear God, not only do you know who he is, you know what he's capable of. And I, I, I likened God to fire, right? So a little fire is good. As long as you respect fire, you could have those cute candles that smell like pancakes and syrup burning in the house, right? When you respect fire, you can use it to heat your home, right? When you respect fire, you can use it to light your house. But the moment you disrespect fire, the moment that you forget the power of fire, people have lost their homes, their lives, and everything else because they don't remember the power of fire. Now, God is an all-consuming fire. We forget that sometimes. Now, yes, he's a God that leads us with a flame of his spirit, and he loves us and lovingly guides us, but he's also a consuming fire. And, right, and he has punishment reserved for those who oppose him. We can't forget about that God. So in the midst of, oh, how he loves us. That's why I'm not on the praise team. <laughs> we have to remember that this God is God. <laughs> this God means business. See, sometimes you need to go back to the Old Testament. And, and see how God dealt with people. You see, that's the same God. Angie said, I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. See, what, you don't, what we don't understand now is that we're just experiencing mercy. 
It's an age of mercy, but he's still a terrible God, an awesome God, one that is who to be feared and respected. Let's keep going. So then what does authority mean? Noah's definition is it is legal power or a right to command or to act. So since God is in authority, he has a right to command or to act. And Jehovah is the only great God, full of all power and authority. Isaiah 14, 27 says this, and here's what we're doing. Here's what should happen as I preach right now. Wherever you have God in your mind and in your heart, it should start elevating. You should say, okay, Jehovah, I'm putting you way back up where you belong. I, I, sometimes we try to make God common. And yes, Jesus came to this earth and lived among us, but he was not common. He was still divine. Amen. So we have to put keep God in his proper place. That's what we're doing today. Isaiah 14, 27. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? Isaiah 43, 13. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. So we find his authority at work from the very beginning. Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So since God is God, who could stop his creation? When he said, let there be light, there was no other voice said, no, let there not be light. Right? Who can stop this God? So who can stop his creation? And then who did he consult? Did God ask for permission to create the universe? Did God ask for permission to create man? Did he have to go somewhere in the universe and get a permit to make earth? No, he is God all by himself. He is the Lord of the heavens and earth, and he is our creator. So you may ask a question then, well, who made him God? How did he become God? Well, you see, that's how created people think, right? See, when you've been created, you think there needs to be something. I came from somewhere, so God must have come from somewhere. I came from Edward and Shirley Tibbs. Where did God come from? You see, we are created beings, and the creator stands outside of time and space, and he created us. He is the author. Hallelujah. He is the author and founder of the world. He made man from the dust of the ground. He didn't have to consult anyone. He didn't look in a book. He didn't consult anybody or anything. He simply did. Why? Because he is is God and there is none like him none like him so who then so so every here's what we must understand everything needs a maker except the maker himself that's why no one created God he created everything we are where we came from him he didn't come from us Let's look at uh, this now. So who gave God his authority? So by name and definition, he is the all-sufficient one. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3, verses 10, 15. We're looking to see where God's authority came from. 
And then as we begin to exercise authority in this earth, we will have questions about, well, in whose authority do you come? Who gave you the power to, to say that or to do that? We're going to Exodus chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. And it says this. This is God talking to Moses. Now go. Who else can say, now go but God? Right? Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. That sounds crazy now, don't it? I spent the last 10 minutes building God up to how big and powerful he is, and we opened the Bible to find somebody protesting him. We can't shake our head at Moses because we protest him too sometimes. The Holy Spirit tells us to do things we protest. The Bible tells us to do things we protest. So we can't look at Moses and look down on him. Let's keep going. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12 says, God answered. Church, can you say God answered? Man, when God answers, you better move. God answers. He says this, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested. Boy, you better chill. If I go to the people in Israel of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh. Church, can you say Yahweh? Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Church, can you say Yahweh? Yahweh. Now listen, if you say God, he knows who you're talking about. But he said his name is Yahweh. Now you can call me dude, right? And I know who you're talking about. But my name is Damien, right? And if you want a better response from me, it's better that you call my name, not a nickname. So God is telling us what his name is. It is Yahweh. So when you talk to God, you can pray. You can pray that name. You can say, Yahweh, I love you. Yahweh, I appreciate you. Yahweh, you are Lord of all. So what we were trying to learn in that moment was who gave God his authority? And the answer is, his reply is, I am that I am, right? I don't need authority from anybody. I am that I am. I am the all-sufficient one. I am the one that created the heavens and the earth. I am the one in this case who will deliver you from the hands of the Egyptians. Now we must talk about ownership. In order for there to be rulership, there must first be ownership, right? So I am not welcome to go into uh, my neighbor's house and just move the refrigerator to a different corner or just say, you know what, um, you guys aren't sleeping here tonight. I'm going to be in this room tonight. Uh, you're welcome to go in the garage. And they're, they're going to first call the police, right, and say, come get your boy. He is off the hook, right? I don't know who he thinks he is, but this is our home. 
And until you have ownership of something, you really don't have rulership over it, right? If you own it, then you can rule over it. Let's go to Psalms chapter 24 and see uh, how God declares his ownership overall. Is someone, are you learning something today? Is God being elevated in your sight? We're in Psalms 24, it says this. The earth is the Lord's. Ah, you see? He can have rulership because he has ownership. The earth is the Lord's. Church, can you say and? Yes. And everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. And let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. And let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. Let's give the king of glory praise this morning. Amen. I wish I was preaching this to Congress right now. The House of Representatives. Right? All right. So now that we've established that you've got to have ownership before you have rulership. Right? So in order to be an authority figure... You must have people, places, or things under your rule. And we see in the last passage that, that the, the, the Lord says that the earth is his and everything in it belongs to him. So since he owns it all, he can rule it all. Doesn't that make you glad that your father owns the earth? Your father owns the heaven and he rules it? So when people are treating you bad, he sees it? When sickness is trying to attack your body, he sees it. Why? Because this body doesn't belong to me. Come on, that's how you should pray sometimes. This body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And he rules and he has reign in this body. So since you rule and reign this body in this body, God, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that sickness is not my portion. I walk in health because if you own it, then it's good. Come on, God doesn't own junk. God, if you own it, then it's good. And Lord, I thank you that you looked at all the things that you made and you called them good. So I declare, say this with me, church. I declare, I declare that my health, my health is, good. is good. I declare, I declare that, all that all things relating to me, relating to me and, my life and my life are good, are good. Because, because they are God's. Now, let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. So since he owns it all, he rules it all. And Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 through 23 shows us that God truly does rule over people. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God, who? 
the Lord God, I'm trying to show you that he rules over people. The Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. All right, now let's go to Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 34. For God has said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. So we see God ruling over men in the beginning, banishing from them from the gardens, and now we're going to see God ruling over men in the end. We're at the final judgment right now, Matthew 25, verses 31 through 34. And it says this, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels are with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. Why? Because he owns them all. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. So, listen to this. The sheep, those that enter into life, they are the ones who remained under his authority, and in the end, he will call them blessed. Church, can you say blessed? blessed. That's what you want to be called at the end of time. You want to be called blessed. And the way that you, be, that you receive that title is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and remaining under his authority by obeying his commandments and loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So he rules over all creation. At the end of time, everyone that has ever lived will stand before him. And since he owns them all, since he owns them all, he will say, you, over here, and none of them will be able to say, I'm not going over there. They will go, just like Adam had to go from the garden. And he'll say to these on the left, you, go over here, and all of them will go. Do you understand the power of this kind of God? The God that can bring your soul before him for judgment? This God is powerful. This God is awesome. Let's look at the rest Matthew 25, 41 says this, Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. So what do we learn here? Those who rebel against God's authority in the end will be called cursed. God's enemies, his rebels, they don't survive. So Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Oh, my goodness. Do we know how blessed we are right now to not be standing in front of the judgment seat yet? To have time to repent? To have time for the grace of God to affect our lives? So, Father, in this moment, before we reach the end, before you separate the sheep and the goats, we declare you are Lord. Forgive us of our sins and our trespasses, Jesus. Save us. We will serve you. When did we see you hungry and feed you when we fed the least of these? When did we see you naked and clothed you when we clothed the least of these? When did we see you in prison and come to you when we visited the least of these? So, Father, I thank you 
for what you have prepared for those of us who are not rebels, those of us who fear you, Lord, those of us who serve you and keep you high. I thank you, God, that you have given us a healthy fear of who you are. Yes, we love Jesus. We always will. But may we learn to fear God just as much as we love Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. Now we see, and that has established, that God has rule over the earth. God has rule over people. But listen to this. And this is the last thing. Kimberly, you are welcome to come back up. This is the last thing we have to remember, okay? So since people belong to God and the earth belongs to God, we get that, but there's still a situation then. What about the devil? Because he's here, right? He was banished to the earth, and he's going about seeking who he may devour. So what about him? Whose authority is the enemy under? Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, and establish Jehovah's rule even over the fallen angel named Lucifer or Satan. It says this, then there was war in heaven. Oh my goodness, just to even hear that makes you think, there was war in heaven? War in heaven? Who in the world would try to go against such a great God? One that was full of pride, one that was full of beauty, one that refused to allow God to be in the position that he was in. And this one that made war in heaven, he even has children on earth right now. Because Jesus said, you're like your father, the devil. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. So we've got to make sure who's fa who our father is. Okay, let's establish God's rule over Satan. This is good news. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle! And the dragon lost the battle! And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. You see, God... If he, man, if he owns it, he rules it, right? So he owns the earth, so he rules the earth. So when Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, he banished them from his presence in the garden. And now, in the beginning, or before the foundation of the earth, there was war in heaven, and the devil tried to raise up himself and angels to defeat and dethrone God. I mean, I've heard of some dumb stuff before. But that just takes the cake to me. You are with God. You see his splendor. You see his power. You see his authority. And you say, you know what? I want that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to make my seat above his. But we see what happened. Verse 9 says, the great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving, not who deceived because the world is still here. The one that is currently deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of God 
and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. This is talking about you. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for how true it is. I thank you that there can be no objections to it because your truth stands alone. And Father, in this moment, I testified about your servant, Jim Baker. God, I thank you for he said prison wasn't my punishment. Prison was the mercy of God on my life because if I had continued, he said I would have died and gone to hell. So Father, we thank you. Although you are all powerful, although you hold the earth and the heavens in your hands, yet you are still merciful. Yet you are still kind. Yet you are long-suffering. You are patient. Lord, we thank you that although you are in control, yet you still love us. I believe that there are many people in this sanctuary and listening online that love you. But what about fear? What about reverence? What about respect? What about honor? What about allegiance? Devotion? What about being sanctified and set apart? Father, you are so merciful towards us that although we've been saying that we love Jesus and really we've been honoring with him with our lips alone because our hearts have been far from you, you give us messages like this to say, you know what? Here I am. Love me. Honor me. Obey me. Respect me. Fear me. Serve me. Keep my commandments. Father, I thank you that you have all the authority and you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to fix, to reverse, to improve what Adam could not do. For your word says that Jesus Christ is the second Adam. And now we have a new covenant, God. And Lord, who are men that you are mindful of them? Who are we that you would give us such love and such grace and such power and such authority? And Father, today, as we prepare to leave this place, we declare that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I thank you, although the enemy is yet in this land, although he is still stealing and killing and destroying, there's some of us that have been set apart to have life and to have life more abundantly. So God, we thank you for life this morning. We thank you that everything that life represents, love, identity, faith, and eternal purpose in you. God, where there has been no fear of you, may fear come back. And again, this fear isn't terror, for you said that we can approach your throne boldly. 
So it's not that we're terrified of you. We just know your capabilities. We just know how powerful you are. And we honor and respect you, God. We come low. We humble ourselves to you, O oh God, for you are the ruler of both heaven and earth. And if we have made you Lord, you are also the ruler of our very lives. And as the ruler of our lives, we no longer go about fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, but instead we walk after the spirit. Why would it be necessary to walk after the spirit for this new creation of yours? For your word says those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. Can everyone please stand? Say this with me. There's none higher, There's none higher than, the than the God I serve. My allegiance, My allegiance is, with is with Yahweh. He is the creator, is the creator of, the of the heavens and the earth. And the earth. He, set he set before me life, life and, death. and death. And he said, he said oh, oh, that I would choose life. Today, I choose the blessing of life. So when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I will hear, go to the right. Come on, church. That's what we want to hear. Go to the right. Come on, man. Go to the right. You belong to me. You are mine. You're going to enter my kingdom forever. You were obedient unto death. You overcame the enemy with the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimonies. You are the overcomers. You are the bride of Christ. I gave you my authority in the earth and you ruled well. You kept Satan under your feet. You led many souls to me. You were mine and I was yours. And I have prepared a place for you to dwell with me forever. A new heaven and a new earth. Well, there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more tears. The sun will not be necessary because God will light the whole place. He's a holy, holy, holy God. Liars and adulterers and thieves and murderers.